This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. You were looking good out there. You had a yep. red hat on. I didn't have a hat on. Red suit, red tie, even red loafers. No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Jake Kinnaman, a three for the tie. Off the backboard, it's gone! Jake Kinnaman makes it in! Off the buzzer, and we've got overtime! Everything happening in the sports world. Crawford, eight! Crawford's got a hurry! Up! Oh, no! And even some things not happening in the sports world. You're, you're the bitter end. I'm the bitter man, I guess. <laughs> not the better man, the bitter man. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, maybe the most popular man from the state track and field meet this weekend in Wichita, bumping into all of his old friends, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Did you enjoy your three-day weekend? Yes, I did. Although you worked several of those days. Yeah, Yeah, there was uh, Saturday... uh, Worked 12. We basically worked about 12 to 15 hours. Well, then you had the three hours of severe weather coverage from Saturday night as well. Oh, yeah. It was a late night. We were all over the severe weather coverage. As always. As always, yes. But But a busy weekend, unfortunately for you. You didn't get to play any golf. And that, I tell you what. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Here comes the rage. Yeah. It's uh, it's not good. (laughs) It is not good. I I played eight holes of golf. I believe it was on Thursday. And I have not, I've not played in 10 days other than that eight holes of golf. I mean, Steve brought his bag of clubs into the station and has just been standing in the front and pretending to hit a shot. Then he'll walk a little bit and go, okay, this is like 120 yards of this chip. Give me that pitching wedge. He, he needs it back in his life. And, and unfortunately well, it, for him, it won't come. It's kind of my respite, you know, going out and playing three hours a you day. You do seem very relaxed on the golf course. I've never seen you get all tense and worked up. It, well, it is your relaxing time. But uh, it's just, I've, I've never seen such a continuous rainy weather. And I really feel for the people out at Turkey Creek. I mean, they've only been open. I think they've only been open about half the month. What about and, Heston? Oh, We've Heston, been driving by that course and they've been underwater. Heston was underwater. I mean, and, and it, it was kind of amazing. We went down on Friday... And they were open, and number one was basically the fairway was under, you know, it was, it looked like a lake, but they were open. The rest of the holes, I guess, weren't too bad. But, uh, man, for the for the, the golf courses around the state of Kansas, they are just, it's, it's just, they got to just be pulling their hair out. Well, we're hoping that today, the spring sports season and the 2018-2019 school sports season We'll come to an end because they're making up golf tournaments all across the state and trying to get things in. But, Steve, the big event from over the weekend, that was state track down in Wichita. You and I had a couple of long days, but fun days. It was a good event this year. Saturday was rolling along real nice and had a chance to get done on time, but some more weather came in in the late afternoon, late or early evening. 
but a really fun weekend in Wichita. It's an enjoyable event. There was a huge crowd there on Saturday. All of your media people, you get to bump into people you haven't seen in a while. You're going over, oh, what's the football team going to look like at Pratt this year? Oh, this team and Parsons, they're going to be great. It's a fun event for us. Not only to just interact with those people, but a really fun event because it's just nonstop action for this weekend, three days. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, um, you know, they, the state does such a great job of running that event. It was really kind of odd this year because on Saturday, uh, they had to run two heats and bait all the track, most of the track events, I should say, not all of them, because some of them, like the 3200 finals, you know, they can run that all at once. But the, but the events where they had two heats, uh, they just uh, had to run both of them and then take the best eight times for the you know for the medalist. So like the girls four by one, Newton was in the first heat because they qualified fourth, which was kind of a misnomer because they had a girl that actually fractured her hip on that relay. I, I read later that she fractured, at regionals at regionals she fractured her hip and somehow got it to their anchor and their anchor of course was Callie Anderson and, and she just blew it away down the stretch and got Newton in but Newton was in the first heat of the 4 by 1 the Bullpups were in the second heat the Bullpups won their heat but then when they looked up the board they were just shy time wise so it made it a little awkward you had to remember you're, you're sitting there okay what was their time in that first heat you had to kind of tattoo it in your brain and then see what uh, we ran and then compare the two times but most of the time uh, that happened very seldom most of the times Whoever was in that second heat, those were the you know those were the winners. We had a lot of action early on on Saturday morning because if you can rack your brain all the way back to Friday, they got delayed to start the event. They got about two hours worth of races and pole vaulting done on Friday afternoon. Then they went into a delay. They went into a second delay, a third delay for several hours. And then at about 6.30 on Friday night, they said, we're going to push things back to Saturday morning. So they only got about two hours in on Friday. Right. So then they start the day again. They try to make it all the way through on Saturday. Got delayed about 6 or 7 o'clock. Come back Sunday, and they pretty much went from 9 until about 4. There was one delay mixed in there. But a lot of our success and the time where we needed to be on our game was Saturday morning at about 9 a.m., 8.45, somewhere around there, as Emma Ruddle won her second state gold in the 100-meter hurdles. And that was one of the first events that we got to see. So that was a good start to the weekend. She then took second in the girls' 100 and then obviously took second in the relay, which you mentioned. And you might not think as much about it because of a second-place finish, but they broke a school record with the 4 by 100 team this year at 49.36, and that is a fast, fast And all four of the girls who were on the record-holding team at the time from 27 years ago, they were at the meet. Wow. Because all of them had kids competing. Paige Watkins, Kaylee Glidewell, Rochelle Gosha, and Deidre Dirksen were all at the meet because they had their own kids. 27 years later, they were all competing, and they were all, by the way, in field events, I was told. Weird enough. Yeah. But we got to hang around for a lot of the day Saturday. You and I left a little bit early on Saturday just because there wasn't a ton of stuff left and we were kind of anticipating some more rain coming. Yeah, and we and in fact, uh, we got on the road and, and it went into a delay in about 15 minutes after we left and they were done for the day and then uh, they resumed on Sunday. The first time in the 109 years or the 109 runnings of this event that it finished on Sunday. But then I got to go back down on Sunday. I think Steve had so much work to do at midkansasonline.com that he's got all that posted up there, but... Got to make our way back down there on Sunday. Katie Berg, well, she didn't throw on on Sunday, but it was Callie Jost, Grace Pyle. They had a great job in the javelin. 
The 4x400 relay team, they PR'd by about five seconds. Let's see, what else was going Heston's on on 4x4 Sunday? Heston's 4x4 broke the three re- 3A record. Autumn Allen had a PR yeah. in the triple jump on Got Saturday second. morning and, yeah. and picked up and moved herself into second place. So it was a really fun weekend, and we haven't even mentioned yet, Steve, one of the biggest stories from the entire weekend, and that was Smoky Valley's Timmy Lambert dominating this track meet where he won in the 100, the 200, the 4 by 100 relay team for the Vikings won, and then probably the moment that will sit with the people that were there the longest from this meet. The story right. of the meet was in his 300-meter hurdle event where that's probably his best event. Right. He is dominating. He's 15 or 20 meters in front of everybody. And Don whole... Steffens is saying, bring him home. Let's get this record. And, and he and had it... a chance at a state record trying to break Jordy Nelson. And then, out of nowhere, he clips a hurdle. Right. And the whole stadium, as a collective 20,000, 25,000 people, all went, <gasps> and they got sick to their stomach. And I he, mean, he still was able to pop up and still almost won and ran a sub-40, 300-meter hurdle that, that, and fell that, down. That's what's mind-boggling. He he had the wherewithal to get up. Stay in his lane. Stay in his lane. And he still, if he'd had about 30 more meters, if he'd hit the, you know, if he'd hit it earlier, say, you know, clear up with like 60 yards ago, he would have won because of his speed, you know, in the 100. But he was the most outstanding performer in the meet again Two years in a row, three goals and a silver, capped his career, and really represented Smoky Valley well. And you got to give him a lot of credit. You know, he could have pouted after he hit that hurdle, and he just kind of picked himself up and said, I've still got a 200 to run. He did it, won the 200. He blew the field away, ran a sub-22. Timmy Lambert, one of the all-time greats in Kansas track and field history. Then Jamaya O'Quinn for Mount Ridge. She ended her career with a bang by winning the 100 and the 200. It was good for Dridger Nation. They wanted that. Very hard, though. It, it's it, it, You don't see somebody in lane eight win a state championship. Normally, the state championship in the 100 or 200 comes out of lane four or five. Those are the middle two lanes. But Jamaya O'Quinn, she's on the outside. I mean, she's got to kind of – they've got that drain, you know, right next to lane eight. You know, it's that lane's not very big, and she just, you know, blew down the track, got the win. Uh, Kyle had a really outstanding freshman sprinter, but uh, Jamayo Quinn got the job done. And Mount Ridge, by the way, scored 30 points, basically, you know, from two girls. So it was a great weekend down at State Track in Wichita, and Steve, we've said it a couple of times that the State Track meet sort of symbolizes the end. The end of the road. Right. And that is the end of the 2018-2019 sports season for the school year. School is out. Sports are pretty much done. State golf, if they can ever find a dry dry land somewhere. There's 4A a state baseball. Yeah. I think they moved to Mays. It has been one of the weirdest weeks yeah. of spring postseason sports that I can remember. They had to move 3A baseball from Emporia. Friend of the show, Eli Egger. My buddy, who is an Emporia State baseball coach, listens every day. He's supposed to be supervising this 3A baseball state tournament. It sits around for four days. They can't play it. Then they move it up to Topeka. I think they played at Topeka Seaman last night. It was the Sabetha Blue Jays that were able to win. Sabetha? I'll tell you what. Sabetha's won a lot of things, it sounds back-to-back like. Back-to-back football, back-to-back baseball, back-to-back yeah. boys golf. Yeah. Pretty good run. Pretty good run. So but... it's been a crazy, crazy weekend, well, crazy week. I just want to get back to state track for a moment. I, I wrote this in my column. The only the only negative, really, besides the weather, to me, is 
Cessna Stadium. Ooh. And I just don't know how much longer they are going to be able to run at Cessna Stadium. The, the track itself is in pretty good shape, but the stands, the press box, I mean, you look at the outside, I mean, the place is just in dire need of a fresh coat of paint. I mean, there's a lot of dilapidated areas. Uh, there's a lot of cracks in some of the stands. It's, it's, it's not the most, you know, aesthetically pleasing place. And you just have to wonder, you know, Wichita State has done nothing, basically, the Cessna Stadium for a long time. The press box is just beyond dilapidated. We had rain coming in the elevator, if you can believe that. Rain was coming through the top in the elevator. I know people say, well, who cares about the media guys? Well, there's no air conditioner up there. It's very stifling. Uh, there's not a lot of seating. And uh, you just wonder, at some point, if Keisha's going to think about moving it to maybe Manhattan or Lawrence, because that's really about the only two places, I think. Maybe to McPherson Stadium. I don't think so. <laughs> not enough seating. Speaking of Sabetha, Steve. Yeah. Who's your most favorite Sabetha Blue Jay alum? Chris Strathman. Well, he sent me a message today. He was at the state baseball championship last night in Topeka, but he wanted to let me know that they have had a little bit of a change in their drop-off at the high school today because the Youth Lady Pups basketball camp okay. was starting today. And that North High Drive was blocked kind of out of nowhere. He wasn't ready for it. Okay. So he wanted us to remind people that if you are taking your kids to this camp, you cannot go in on the west entrance over by the gyms. Okay. That they are advising you to go in the south entrance, which is the main entrance to the school. Okay. So instead of taking North High Drive, park in the main parking lot and drop off at the main entrance. Okay. You got it? I'm, I'm clear as mud. Maybe you can post it at midkansasonline.com, too. And when is that camp supposed to start? Well, today. I mean, what time today? I think it's already been going. Oh, so okay. It's at some point today, okay. if not later, coming up in the day. Okay. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, the biggest news of the day that I think Steve was very upset about this morning as a KU Jayhawk fan. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Good to be back, Steve. A yep. couple of days off of the long weekend. The Royals were playing for 12 hours yesterday with their rain delays and then getting back into the game and then rain delay again and back into the game. And a lot of interesting stuff was, was we had on the air yesterday that during the rain delay. There was I, a Bob Euchre interview that, I was listening to. It was really interesting. I had a lot of had a lot of people tell me they thought it was real interesting. The Royals have really good rain delay content. Yeah. And what I mean by rain delay content is that they pick up a bunch of interviews that they conduct over the years, whether it's with people like Bob Euchre or Stewart. Bob Gibson. Maybe they had an interview with him Ooh, from back in the day good. that you'd be excited about oh, yeah. that. But Steve, I know one thing that you are not excited about. And that was some news that broke this morning and we're going to talk about how this impacts this area and, and your favorite team, but I want to talk about how this is going to affect basketball, and that is that somebody that Steve has talked about a lot over the last two weeks, 
R.J. Hampton. Going to be, he would have had a chance to have been in this new upcoming KU recru- recruiting class for basketball. I've seen him as the number five player in the class of 2019. He reclassified to join this class to move himself up. So really, for he should a be a junior or senior in high school next year. So R.J. Hampton went on the Get Up show this morning on ESPN to make his big announcement. And I think that made Steve very excited. It was down to KU, down to Memphis, and who was the other one? Texas Tech. Oh, it was Texas Tech. You're right. So it comes down to these three. And in a very strange change of events, he says, I'm not going to play in college. I'm going to go play for the New Zealand Breakers. That's right. In the New Zealand Basketball League. Okay. So what this means is, and the reason that he's doing this is because, let's say you are... 17 or 18, whatever you're getting out of high school, because of the NBA's rules, you are not eligible to play in the NBA for one year. Until you are one year removed from high school, you cannot play in the NBA. So your option is, for most people, 99.999%, go to college, play for Duke, play for KU, play for Memphis, Texas Tech. Right. But what R.J. Hampton has decided to do is go play in New Zealand, probably for one year, and we've heard the contract is up to about a million dollars for right. this one year for him to go play, get paid for a year, and then be eligible for the NBA draft. So first, Steve, let's talk about your reaction to this as a KU fan, especially after R.J. Hampton said if he wouldn't have decided to go pro, he was going to be a Jayhawk. Well, I didn't see this coming, but apparently yesterday there was a lot of chatter about it. Apparently Bill Self knew before the announcement today what was going to happen. There were a few people that knew. Yeah, there were some people that knew. And uh, I guess, first off, if he didn't go to KU, he didn't go anyplace. So that's, to me, that's good. And second off, what this does, this this pushes the NBA. This tips their hand. The one-and-done rule is probably going to be done now. If it wasn't already pushed by Zion. Right, right. The, the one-and-done rule will probably be rescinded next year because I don't think the NBA... You know, if, if all these kids, stars, you know, coming out of high school, see that he can go get a million dollars in New Zealand or go to Bangladesh and get a million dollars <laughs> or wherever they'll give a million dollars, they're going to do it. And I don't think... Steve, where would you go for a million dollars? If we sent you to the Antarctica Basketball League, would you go there for a million dollars? You, you bet I would. <laughs> you bet I would. I get a million dollars, I'll go. You can send me anywhere. But the bottom line is the NBA is not going to want to see all these future NBA guys playing over in New Zealand, you know, China, Newfoundland, you name it. Newfoundland. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's in Canada. Is that in Canada? Whatever. <laughs> but, but you know, the one and done rule is going to get rescinded. And really, just think about this, though. Is R.J. Hampton benefiting more by playing a year at KU, not getting paid? That We don't think, at least we don't hope he is but silvio going yeah go or go to new zealand make a million dollars his mom and dad are going to move there they're going to you know basically take care of him you know for a year and he's going to make a million dollars you can't tell of course after taxes it's half a million but you can't tell me he's got a pretty good leg up on his life financially now here's the question and you started to get into it what has a stronger value And I would argue that 30 years ago, let's say it's 1989, if R.J. Hampton decided to go play at Duke, there would be more of a value of him spending a year at Duke 
compared to going to New Zealand and playing for one year and getting a contract. Well, let's say the money wasn't exactly the same. Let's say it wasn't a million. Let's say it was whatever the contract would have been like in 89. Right. So is there more of a value with being in college, being exposed, being, let's say, at a KU or a Duke? You were on ESPN two times a week, if not more than that, with people talking about your highlights, going through and, and scouts being able to physically go see you. Where 30 years ago, it would be really hard for an NBA scout to be able to follow what he's doing in New Zealand. But today, yeah. they can watch every game. Yeah. Somebody could be following him around with a video camera sure. and posting his highlights every Social single day. Media. That the exposure problem, I don't think, is going to hurt R.J. Hampton. Where 30 years ago... I think it would have. Yeah. I think that, and maybe even 15 or 10 years well, ago. Let's face it. The NBA scouts have been watching this kid probably since he was 14. They know what he can do. They know what he can do. Right. But the question that this is all going to come down to, is it more valuable for an 18-year-old to go play against other pros? And let's also be real here that the New Zealand pros <laughs> are probably about like the Big 12. Yeah. Would you think they're that much better? No. Uh, the Big 12 might be better competition. But what happens if he goes and stinks? Well, back to this question. Is it more valuable to play all of your games on ESPN in the Big 12, get to play in the NCAA tournament, have a breakout moment, lead your team to the Elite Eight, lead them to the Final Four, maybe win a national championship, maybe win Naismith Player of the Year, or is it more valuable to go get money, play against pros, and then see what happens in a year. Because that's what this comes down to. And R.J. Hampton is the first one and he's a- recently, besides Emmanuel Moutier a few years ago, yeah. but one of the few ones recently that has said, I think the million dollars in going and playing in New Zealand is well, more he worth said, it. And he also came out and said, my dream was never to play in college. My dream was to go right to the pros. Well, he's going to the pros in New Zealand, and he's a 3.7 student, by the way. He scored real high on the SATs. So it's not like he doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't have a head on his shoulders. And but you've said it a few times too, Steve, that this one and done kind of makes stupid. a mockery of the school it system. It does. It does. He was going to go to KU. He was going to go to class. If he, Okay, say. Through March. Yeah. He Well, not even that long. When When's the first semester over in December? December. He wouldn't have gone to class the rest of the year. And, and he would have played basketball and then gone to the NBA draft. So I don't like that players make a mockery of, the, of college. They're taking up a spot that, you know, a, a person who really wants to get their education, he wasn't going there. He, he wouldn't have gone to KU get his education. But let's compare it to Zion here, Steve, because Zion, in his brain, he could have done the same thing. Right. Imagine if he went to China and played in, an, in a pro league in China and was having these same dunks oh. and had the exact same year. Can you imagine but him in China? He in his head, people. his value is that I think I have a better value at Duke. Well, that I'm on a bigger platform. From an endorsement standpoint, right? He in in the long range, he he's probably Hampton has given up money. He's given up money because he's going to go over to New Zealand every once in a while. There'll be a clip. Well, by the way, remember that R.J. Hampton, R.J. Guy? Hampton, the guy that went from his junior year after his junior year of high school, he went and played pro. He had six points last night. So, but that's what this is going to come down exactly. to: is how much do you value being on the platform in the NCAA and not making money, with air quotes. But Zion, last year, says, I think Duke is more valuable. Playing for Duke, 
being on the national stage. And that's where I'll be interested to see how this continues to go if the NBA does not make this move. If they do not oh, get I, rid of the one and done. I think they're forcing the NBA's hand. I really do. I I think you're going to – whenever the owners have their owners' meetings next time, the one and done is going to be done. And you hit on it, too, that the NBA does not want R.J. Hampton to go to New Zealand. They do not want him to go to Australia. They what, don't want him to go to go, Newfoundland. What, what if he goes to New Zealand and blows his knee out and is never the same? I mean, he could do that here in the United States. He could do it in college, too. Right, yeah. You can do it walking down the street and missing, you know, stepping off the curb wrong. The NBA wants these guys to be in their league. They want the big-name guys to sign shoe contracts in their league, play games in their league, where the one-and-done deal in college sports, in college basketball, has pushed it to this, to where these guys are going to start doing this if they don't make a change here. Now, I saw somebody make this point today, and I don't agree with that, and that somebody was saying that, College basketball, where the NBA making this rule, should implement that if you do decide to go to college, you have to stay. Similar to the college baseball rule, where if you do right. go to college, you've got to be there for three years. Yeah. Where if you don't go, you can leave whenever you want. Right. But I think three years is too long. And I don't know exactly what the best deal should be besides, I just think you should be able to go pro whenever you want to. Exactly. And whenever you're ready. Exactly. And I'll be real curious to see how... R.J. Hampton does in New Zealand against guys probably of his own ilk. It'll be fun to see what happens with this decision, but I know Steve is not enjoying this today because he could have been a Jayhawk. But tomorrow, could have helped out. actually tomorrow, it, it could all just kind of be postscript because tomorrow is the day we just we find out who stays in the draft and who doesn't. And, of course, the Jayhawks have, what, three players? Four Devon Dotson, Quentin Grimes. Diedrich Lawson. Diedrich Lawson, but he's probably gone. Yeah, Diedrich Lawson's gone for sure. Quentin Grimes, but, 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 probably gone. But, Grim, but Grimes has gotten a lot of bad reports. I mean, if he's going off what the NBA evaluators say, he's coming back to KU. Devon Dodson, it's basically been a fact-finding mission. From what I understand, he, he's going to be back. Uh, KU's pretty much preparing for him to be back. And, of course, free Silvio. That's right. Silvio DeSosa got to... Uh, uh, got ruled eligible on Friday, so that eases the blow a little Don't bit. Don't you think it'd be funny if he just said, yeah, I'm going to go to the NBA, and yeah. all this didn't even matter. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, the thing is, you look at KU's front court now. You Big. Got, yeah, you got Silvio, you got Adoka, you got McCormick, you got Mitch Lightfoot. The biggest of the four. Yeah, so you got, you got four quality big guys, and, uh, you know, you still got Marcus Garrett. He's serviceable. Uh, Christian Braun, Mr. Kansas basketball coming That's in. That's right. They just got a walk-on, Tim Jankovic's son. Supposedly he could shoot it. That's right. So who knows? I mean, KU will be fine. They always are. <laughs> that wasn't your sentiment about a month ago. Well, But, but I won't but make the you, listeners but, have to listen to that. But when you look at it realistically, they're going to be fine. That's right. All right, Steve, final break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 
Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we are almost out of time today. But a fun weekend. Good to be back into the swing of things. And oh, yeah. Now we are officially in summer mode. That's right. Does that mean you're going to be able to golf more? What about today? Well, as long as I, I can't play today. We had that inch of rain that fell in about 15 minutes. I don't know if the course is open or not. I know the front nine was open earlier. The back nine wasn't. But after that, another big rain, who knows? I mean, it's Are you just... going to be okay? I don't know. How many more days do you think you can go before you crack without any golf? It, it Not be- many more? It better happen pretty quick. It, it, we better get some dry weather here pretty quick. I feel for you, Steve. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous for you. Yeah. But, I, but at some point, you'll play again. Probably not very good. No, it'll be, it'll be terrible. I was playing pretty good when the rain came, so now my game stinks. Probably. It will. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap up today's show for Steve Sell and Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.